Life Audio. You know, there were so many years where I, as a believer, did not understand what Israel had to do with me. I, I remember just thinking, like, I'm not Jewish. I, I just, I'm going to read just the New Testament. I'm going to focus on the Jesus parts. And I didn't have an understanding of the whole, we call it a meta narrative or the whole storyline of scripture and how if you're skipping the Old Testament, you're losing all of the details and the information about why we needed Jesus in the first place. And so what I love about the Psalms is it points us back to Israel and how what God has done for Israel is really the key to understanding his relationship to the world. And so Psalm 98 showcases that. We're going to dive into that and more. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. We are going through Psalm 98 today. And if you're just joining us, just as a reminder, we're going through all of the Psalms, one Psalm a day, as a devotional reading through the Psalms where I just give some history or some context or some theological insights to really help supplement your Bible reading, not to replace it. But if you're finding that you just want a little bit more, you want to dive a little bit deeper than what we're already doing, I want to share a couple resources with you. First, if you go to my website, go to shehears.org and sign up for my newsletter. One of the things that you will get is every single Monday, I send out a devotional journaling prompt that goes along with each of these podcast episodes. There are a lot of women, well, men too, I guess, that use these as audio devotionals. And that journaling prompt helps you get that information a little bit further into your heart so it's not just parked in your head. And then that's for all the current episodes. If you would like previous episodes, Psalms 1 through 50 are currently available and Psalms 51 through 100 will soon be available in a guided journal format. And that's only five dollars it has a link to each of the audio devotionals there's space to actually journal the journaling prompt is there a key verse is there and again it's just another resource for you to use to help you move this information from really just thinking about it but to internalizing it and then allowing that to affect our behavior because the whole goal of the hearing jesus podcast is not to just hear God's voice more clearly, but to obey God's voice. That's that's really the key takeaway. And the reason why we're going through the Psalms is because it was really the prayer book and the hymn book of Jesus. And so if it's important for Jesus to know and understand, it's important for us to know and understand as well. So I'm reading from Psalm 98, and I'm starting in verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. 
The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with a harp with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. So what we're seeing in this psalm, Psalm 98, is that the world and Israel are really kind of intertwined in this psalm. And so when we see some of the things it talks about, even at the onset, when it talks about his right hand and his holy arm and talking about working salvation, that's not just for Israel. That's also for us, too. And while I say all the time, the word was not written to us, but it was written for us. The original word of these scriptures was written to this this time and, and space and this audience, this original audience that is very far removed from the culture that we live in today. However, the word was written for us. And so there's so much that we can take away. One of the things that the scriptures does is it reveals God's character and God's nature. And we know that that doesn't change. And so while I think that it's really important to study all the pages of the scripture and all the people in the scripture, we learn about God's character and God's nature because this is not a story about us. It's a story about God. And so today we're kind of looking at that parallel between Israel and then us today as believers. The entire first section, verses one through nine, where it talks about a new song. This psalm is really a prophetic song of just praise for the victory and the salvation that's made known through Israel and then available to all nations. That all nations, it doesn't stop in that ancient world. It's for all nations today as well. That's the prophetic nature of it. And so that prophecy is now being fulfilled through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in the lives of us as Christ followers. And so that spirit inspires and enables us to just effectively spread the message about Jesus. You know, so many times I will talk to women that say, you know, I just don't know what God's calling for me is in my life. While that may look different in the function of our lives, this is the calling. The calling for every believer is to know him and to make him known. And so the way that we do that might look a little bit differently. Me, I'm using a podcast. You might be doing it in your workplace or somebody else might be doing it in their, you know, their hobby group, whatever it is. Maybe it's uh, teaching or maybe it is in in the way that you raise your kids and you share the gospel with them and, and those around them with their friends. It looks different for every person, but there is no ambiguity here. The call both in the Old Testament and the New is to know him and to make him known. And I think sometimes the reason why we struggle where we're feeling un- feeling unfulfilled in our lives is because we're not doing that. My question for you today 
is if you are feeling unfulfilled in your relationship with God, you're feeling, maybe you're a Christian, but you're feeling just something's missing. You're not fulfilling your purpose and your calling. When was the last time you shared the gospel message with somebody? And not just like, oh, I'm going to pray for you or no, you know, God says this, but I'm saying, say the gospel message and ask them if they want to pray to receive Christ. So many believers have not done that. But the fact that you've not done that is likely the reason you are not feeling fulfilled because the ultimate calling of all of us is to know him and to make him known. So my suggestion always for women that tell me or or men even that tell me I'm not feeling fulfilled in my in my calling or I don't have understanding what 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 is it that God even wants me to do? This. This is what he wants you to do. It's not just for Israel, it's not just for those nations, it's not just for me or your pastor to tell people about Jesus, it's for you to do. And and that may feel scary, that may, may feel hard. Do it a hundred times. After you do it a couple hundred times, it doesn't feel scary anymore. And you know, it's not hard, especially, you know, if you have, if you struggle with this, one of the easiest ways to do it is go out of town. If you go out of town, you don't know those people. You're likely never going to see them again. Just go to a Walmart out of town and talk to people. And a really easy segue is to just say, hey, do you need prayer for anything? You can say that to the people you interact with. You can say that to your server at your table at dinner. You can say that to somebody that's pumping gas in the gas station next to you. You, you, It's a really easy, low cost way. And I don't want to say cost. Maybe that's the wrong word. Low risk way, I guess I should say. It's a low risk way to do that. Because if they say no, who cares? You just move on. But what might happen is God might use you. And then what happens when you walk away from that exchange? Imagine how you would feel if you went to the gas station and the person was pumping gas next to you and you just said to them, hey, do you need prayer for anything? And they ended up praying to receive Christ. You've changed something in the kingdom for eternity with that simple exchange at the gas station. And maybe God sent that person there just so you could interact with them. Maybe that was the exact moment that they needed somebody to pray with them. That's a whole different ballgame. When you walk away from that experience, you understand what it means to be used by God. You understand what it means to know him and to make him known. And you can lean into that calling. Now, I'm not saying you just drop the ball. You know, hopefully there's a way for you to help make some connections for that person to get involved in a local, local body of believers. That's what I tend to do. That's going another step because we're not called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. But it's this is a really easy way to start. Because then what happens is the more you do that, the easier it gets in your hometown. And then the easier it gets in your own circle of friends and coworkers and influence. And then at that point, you can start plugging people into the local church. So I, I, I recognize that this was originally written to Israel, but I think it's also written to us. And I don't want to forget that. We're going to take a quick break for a moment and we come back. We'll, we'll talk about the rest of this psalm. In verse 9, it talks about how he comes to judge the earth. And I want to point that out because at the end of time, this verse 2 is going to be fulfilled when Jesus returns to judge the world. And if you don't know what I'm talking about that, um, you can fast forward to Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible and read Revelation 19 through 22. But essentially, Jesus is coming to remove the sin and the sorrow, and he's going to renew the heavens and renew the earth. There's going to be a new earth. And so nature itself, in verse 8, it says this, and nature itself 
is going to rejoice. And it's because it's going to be liberated from the corruption. Because when Christ rules the earth, death and sin and the brokenness is going to be gone. And there's going to be perfect righteousness and peace and justice. And that's going to be a restoration of the way it was originally intended. Creation was intended in Eden before the fall, before sin. So many times I think we forget that in biblical terms, Israel's history is the world's history. And that makes a lot of sense because Israel's God is the world's God. And that is the history of the church. That's the history of Christianity. And so we can't ever mistake this Old Testament theology for something that's not relevant to us today. I think without an understanding of Old Testament theology, we don't understand our calling or we don't understand our uh, the DNA of who we are as believers in the New Testament. And yes, of course, Jesus is in the New Testament, but he's foreshadowed in the Old Testament. We learn the reasons why we even needed Jesus in the Old Testament. So that's my encouragement for you to just make sure that you are reading through this whole storyline of scripture. You're not isolating certain parts out. The relationship we see that Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, that that was the name that they used for him, that Yahweh's relationship with Israel, it is the model for Yahweh's relationship with us, for Yahweh's relationship with the church. And so when we read through, um, you know, throughout the Old Testament, whether it's in Isaiah or different parts of the Psalms, there's this prophetic word that talks about how God has shaped Israel's history in order to demonstrate and establish his rule over all of history. And so it's so important that we understand this from this foundational aspect of of recognizing that who God is in the Old Testament is who God is today. The salvation history that we see Israel walk through is kind of like the dress rehearsal for the salvation that we see in the New Testament. And so it's not that it's not real for Israel. It's very, very real for Israel. So by by saying dress rehearsal, I'm not saying it's not real. But instead, it's like a microcosm of this history of salvation that was first offered to Israel. And so Israel's salvation, which was first spoken of um, in, in verse 1 of this psalm, it's revealed to the nations in verse 2. And one of the interesting features about that is that it says, at the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God, because the Lord remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. And so that prophetic nature, um, even now, the call to evangelize, the call to share Jesus with the nations, that started because of God's faithfulness and love for Israel. I think all of that, if we think about that, where we're at, it helps us have a heart for Israel, where even where Israel is today. And so I don't want to overlook that. I think so many times as believers, I don't know about you, but like I was not taught that in the church, in the churches that I attended, in the churches I got saved in, and even the churches I've attended since. I had not learned much about Israel at all. And in fact, if we read the Old Testament, it was peppered here and peppered there. It was never, it was really to back up like a New Testament point or a topical point. It was never done systematically where I could have an understanding of what Israel went through as a history of a country. And And so um, because the Old Testament is hard to read, because it was written so long ago to a different kind of culture, so many times we'll start with that, you know, brilliant Bible reading plan and we'll start and we'll get maybe all the way through Genesis. And then we get, you know, we push through Exodus. And by the time we get to Leviticus, whatever it is, March or something, we just drop off and we don't finish the rest of the Old Testament. 
my encouragement for you is to press through and read through and understand that that Israel's history is our history. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to start reading in verse 1. And I want you to pay special attention to maybe some of these things I, I mentioned or the insights that it gives you. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with the music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the King, the Lord. Let the sea resound and everything in it. Let the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. God, we thank you for this foundational aspect of what you've laid out for our salvation that we see first with the Israelites. God, help us to understand that that the Israelite history is our history, that the things that you did in Israel is the same, you're the same God, and that's how you operate in our lives as well. God, help us to recognize that that salvation that extends to the nations, we are part of that because you use people. We are flawed and we make mistakes and we say things wrong, but yet you still choose to use us to accomplish your glory and your plan here on earth. So Lord, I pray for my friend today that perhaps is feeling a little unfulfilled in their relationship with you. God, draw them in and help them understand that their calling in life is not ambiguous, that you have called them to know you and to make you known. God, I pray that the overflow of their heart would just be telling people about you, just asking people for how they can pray and that you would step in as they they step out in obedience to do those things, to say those things, to have those conversations. God, fill them up with your spirit, empower them to give that word to that person around them that's hurting at the gas station or the restaurant or at their job. Lord, I pray that you would use my friends to make yourself known to the nations. In your name we pray. Amen. Real quickly, friends, if you are struggling with anything that we've talked about today or anything that you've heard on any of these podcasts, I want you to know that I do life coaching and spiritual direction on a one-on-one basis. So if you're feeling like you need a little bit of one-on-one, I would count it a privilege and an honor and a blessing to be able to walk through some of those things with you. If you would like to find out more information, you can go to shehears.org and go to the work with me page where you can find out more information and schedule something. I would count it such a blessing to be able to look at some of the things, some of the obstacles that you have help hold you accountable, help push you a little bit because somebody else did it for me when I was there and I would love to be able to do it for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.